getting more and more nervous about what's happening with restaurants, especially as I just heard that California is shutting down restaurants today for in-room dining statewide. What do you do with that? I hate hearing that. Yeah, I mean, can, can you get ready from that? And a lot of times I always say, if you want to know what Colorado's going to do next, look at California. Unfortunately, I hope that's not the case here. You know, it's just killing this industry right now. And we've been trying to push wherever we can for the governor to open um, at open capacity or increased capacity where possible, which was one of the reasons why we pushed so heavily for that outdoor dining as well which has been able to help some folks. Sadly, it's still not bringing people up to that capacity they need just to stay alive long-term. And now that we're seeing surges happen in other states and, and how the governor rolled back after two weeks, um, had, to, had to roll back bars, you know, traditional bars. So I say the bars can stay open if they look like a restaurant, act like, like a restaurant, meaning they're serving full meals. But it is very concerning. Uh, that was based on other states, not based on what's happening in Colorado. So, uh, you know, we're we're hoping um, that because Colorado is opening slowly enough that they won't have to reclose. I know the governor's office has, has said that to us as well. But I am very, very nervous watching what's happening in other Watching what's happening in other states. That's the voice of uh, yesterday's program, Sonia Riggs, the president and CEO of the Colorado Restaurant Association. As we continue today, uh, here we are. It's a Tuesday, and it's July 14th, 75 degrees, uh, a beautiful day. 75 degrees, is that right? It just can't be. It's been so hot here yeah, with in all the Colorado. Clouds, I think the smoke, I think, yeah. It is, um, today for sure. It's turned out to be one of those days to where we're just going to dig in. So as we're broadcasting from Studio Kitchen, Colorado, thanks for joining us today. And uh, myself, Greg Hollenbach, Brian Freeman, and Jay Parker, uh, we're locked and loaded and ready to go. At 2.40, Rebecca Berry is going to join us. Hot schedule is powered by 4th, and Rebecca has all the answers. Well, most of them. She's anyway. got a lot. When it comes to restaurants and HR and liability issues, yesterday the question that we had is, what do you do if an uh, employee of your restaurant tests positive for COVID? What's the protocol? And a lot of people really didn't know what that proper protocol is, so we'll talk to Rebecca Berry. At 220, the owner of Ska Brewing Company, his name is Dave Thibodeau. Of all things, Dave Thibodeau is going to come on and talk gardening with us, Brian. I like it. I he's do, a, too. He's a great master gardener. The guy's a vegan he knows a lot more than just beer. And I got sure. questions, man. As a balcony gardener in a high-rise in Cherry Creek, Colorado, man, I've got some questions because I want my uh, the best out of my pepper plants. That's for sure. <laughs> and uh, right now, he's the man of the hour. This is a cool one. Was, uh, let me just do a quick setup. I'm going to show you this. And, and, Jay, if I can get my audio on my computer, I'm going to show you what I found today and what I basically did because I wanted to talk to somebody in California uh, because of the shutdowns, uh, shutting down again your restaurant, and I can't even believe those words are being uttered, but here it comes, and, and uh, Gavin Newsom ordered every county in Colorado to close indoor restaurants, movie theaters, and wineries Monday as the state combats a surge, is it a surge, in coronavirus cases, and, and I'm wondering, is Colorado next? I always say, if you want to know what Colorado's about to do, look to California, because uh, we usually follow suit, lock, stock, and barrel. I came across this gentleman. His name is Ed Ruhlman, and he's standing by. He's the owner of C.R. Gibbs American Grill, and that's uh, in California. And this is what he had to say yesterday in an interview and from CBS. 
Give me my audio there. There we go. Honestly, I'm totally shocked. Number one, because coming out of nowhere and saying that you're just going to close the entire state down again shows what kind of a governor it really is. Now, I'm pretty angry right now just because I think Shasta County has worked really, really hard. Honestly, I'm totally shocked. So it looks like right there, and I'm going to... Yeah, take the audio from there. But that's a, that was the first reaction. Again, you know, you 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 leave it up to media just to take that sound clip, right? And we'll just get him. Ed Ruhlman, welcome to the Modern Eater Show. It's good to see you, man. How are you? I'm great. How about you? I'm a lot better than I was yesterday. I was a little, little hot under the collar when I did that interview. They managed to grab just the right clip, right? <laughs> they managed to, you know, I, I don't often get angry, you know, and, and push it out to the public like that. But uh, I think I said what needed to be said. Um, you know, it happened to be right at noon when he made his announcement. And uh, the, the lady from uh, the local news station called me on the phone. That's how I found out about it. Um, you know, we, here we are, we're in the middle of lunch and, uh, and have a full restaurant and, uh, and all of a sudden we're shut down. And uh, it, was, it was quite a surprise to me. I can imagine, and um, you know, you you actually held it in pretty good because, boy, what a roller coaster of emotions the past six months have been for everybody. And as you know, what we do is we cover restaurants, so that's kind of the the context that we're keeping it. And obviously, you know, our hearts go out to everybody in any industry and small business, right? Um, but restaurants. <laughs> Tell us, give give us the lay of the land. We're very familiar of what's been happening in Colorado, and we're opened up to either uh, fifty people uh, for your dining room or fifty percent capacity, whichever one is greater. And I just want to figure out what were the parameters you were working in upon reopening your dine in. What was that situation like? Well, um, you know, California is a rather large state third largest state in, in the union. Um, we have 58 counties and, you know, we start in Los Angeles, which is about 750 miles south of us, all the way to the Oregon border, which is about 150 miles. So you see how long, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a big state. And six weeks ago when we reopened, we, wanted, we were one of the first counties, Shasta County to open up in the state. We were, uh, given the, the privilege of opening up because we did our home homework and our due diligence and uh, made all the promises to, to do the things right that needed to be done, which was wearing masks, socially distancing, um, and, and, you know, doing things that uh, make the public safe. Now, when you came into the restaurant, you didn't have to wear a mask. Um, you were asking me earlier, uh, you know, social distancing for us was to put all of our tables six feet apart. Um, the 50% was the base, you know, that they, we used, but some restaurants were able to accomplish that and some weren't. I have a rather large facility where I could actually go into some banquet rooms. So I didn't really lose a lot of seating. If I needed it, I could open up the banquet room and it was set up uh, socially distanced with everything six foot apart. My staff's all in masks. Um, we thought we were doing the things that were, we needed to do. We thought we were doing them right. Um, our county had a 1.5% uh, positivity rate, um, which is very low. Um, we have very few people in the hospital. Um, it just, uh, 
The, the problem with being in, in rural California, you know, for us is a lot of people don't want to wear masks. And, and so we had a lot of people that, uh, customers that weren't wearing masks. And, you know, during the whole downtime back in March and April, you know, Home Depot was open, Costco was open, everybody was open, nobody wore masks. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just sort of became the theme, I think, for rural California to fight wearing masks. So when the governor a couple of weeks ago made it mandatory for everybody to wear masks, we started seeing more people wearing masks, more people coming into the restaurant. You know, some of them may have been from out of town. Uh, some of the, the, the counties in bigger city areas um, were really good about mask wearing. And so I think it was sort of, uh, you know, uh, it, it was starting to catch on, but it wasn't quite where it needed to be. But And I don't mean to interrupt, man, but this is shockingly, eerily similar. We're a few... How, how, how do we describe this, Brian? So the, the Modern Eater Show, we just got back from a two-week road trip uh, getting around Colorado and as we got into rural areas as well. And some of those areas, and, and I'll just call them out by names, if you go down to Colorado Springs, the, the wait staff in restaurants don't even wear masks at, at the few places that I had gone to. And um, there are places to where you wouldn't even be- believe that there was an outbreak just people going about their business, everyday life. Now, fast forward to our governor, Governor Jared Polis, begging and pleading people over the 4th of July weekend to wear your masks, even even sending out an alert on all of our telephones in kind of a kitschy manner of talking about wearing your mask that weekend in Denver to rock on or whatever it said on that, but really driving home the emphasis of the importance of wearing a mask. And as we look to now at California um, shutting down dine-in service again, I can't but help hear the words that are coming out of your mouth, Ed, and thinking, man, we're, we're living exactly what you're talking about just a few weeks behind. Yeah, you could be. I mean, uh, in my wildest dreams, I, we were actually in a meeting when he sh- did the shutdown and uh, talking about it. And and, uh, and uh, I had told my staff, there's no way he's going to shut us down. We had, our, you know, we're, we're doing good up here. Everybody's trying to do the job that, you know, wear the mask when you can. And, and uh, there were some restaurants and bars that didn't play the game. And I think, um, I think it came to a head when the, you know, the governor just kept saying, Hey, you got to wear your mask. Same thing over the 4th of July holiday, he put it out, wear your mask, wear your mask. And, you know, we, we didn't comply the way we, I guess, needed to as a state. He promised us though, that he wouldn't just do blanket, you know, close down blanket the whole state again, that he would look at it individually, uh, you know, county by county, and we all have county health officers, our county health officers, an amazing lady. She, you know, she's done a very good job of trying to keep us all in line. But, um, you know, um, I guess because we didn't listen, um, you know, he decided that yesterday was the day he was going to close restaurants down. And um, here we are again. So we, we're doing outdoor dining. We're doing the go dining. We're expanding our patio. Um all right, we're going to get a look around, too. And this is the voice of Ed Ruhlman. 
And Ed is the owner, along with a, a couple other folks, of C.R. Gibbs American Grill. And um, I, I want to make this very clear to when Ed says we didn't adhere to those rules, that that's the collective we of California, because um, you have shown great, um, great abilities of doing things right with you and your staff and your restaurants. And that's where the, the frustrating rub comes into where the consensus is punish the folks that need to be punished, weed them out. And I don't know how you'd go about doing that. I don't know. Um, but you're left into a very precarious situation to where I think a lot of small business owners will be faced as well in certain situations to when uh, restaurants become outlawed, will restaurant owners become outlaws? And you, I hate to see face to do anything that that you would need to do in order to stay afloat or to keep your business going. Now, you may not be in that position, but there are some small business owners that own restaurants that we saw the unrest before the first reopening, uh, taking it upon themselves to reopen their restaurants uh, without clearance from the state or local municipalities. And I have a feeling that we're probably going to see much more of that. What's your feeling of that, Ed? Well, we're already getting word that there's some restaurants and you know, smaller places that aren't going to comply. You know, the, the thing that uh, those of us that have a liquor license governed by the state, we really have to comply or we can lose our liquor license. Um, my staff is fully masked. Uh, my kitchen's fully masked. Uh, I think Danita's going to walk around a few minutes and kind of show you the restaurant. Let's get her to get in motion now if she could. That would be fantastic. And as she gets around there, and you can, I think so she'll be able to hear. These tables are all socially distanced. They're, uh, normally, we have more tables. We have some high uh, community-type tables that are buddy bars that set up high like the bar. But they're all out of there. They're removed. They're a, you can see a door in the background there. That's a banquet room. And that's where we set up most of those tables to for overflow on busy nights. Um, and, you know, we socially distance the bar. There's two stools every four to six feet. Um, sometimes, you know, people have more than two people. They'll put those stools together, but we don't encourage people to do it unless they know each other. You know, we don't want to see them, you know, putting stools next to people they don't know. So she's walking to the north side of our restaurant. We have an open kitchen. You can see the guys in the back there. Um, well, Ed, let me let me chime in so people can get a little understanding of, of your frustration as well, because you're in a county with six deaths, 200 confirmed, 203 confirmed cases. Big picture, not really a lot. No. And so your frustration is, is with your governor saying we're shutting down the entire state versus recognizing people like you need, need this business to survive right now. That's, that's absolutely true. We are attached to a hotel, so, you know, we, we depend on both sides of the business. But when the restaurant isn't open or restaurants in general aren't open, people really aren't going to travel to areas. And we're a high tourist destination this time of year. And, let, and let's get an idea of uh, your business makeup, of what it really takes to have this privately owned business here to where you're fighting off corporate entities, big big players, 
um, on a daily basis, just just being the the private entity that you are. Absolutely, we're we're probably the largest private uh, restaurant in in the community. Actually, probably in the North State, um, and and we built that basically so that we could fight off that competition of the chains, the big chains. They're all here. And, uh, you know, we all know they have a little more power and a little more marketing and advertising dollars. So we've uh, entrenched ourselves in the local community, you know, and, and uh, our name's recognized. We've been here for 40 plus years. Um, you see somebody that just came off the patio walking through the restaurant, probably to the restroom. Um, this is our patio off to the right. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, we're, we'll be okay because we do have a large patio. And like I said, we're increasing the, the capacity on the other side. So uh, the problem is you, you're, you said you were at 75 degrees today. It's supposed to be 105. To, so this is where we're expanding to. Now, Ed, as, as much as I think that that's fantastic, that you're able to pivot and that parking lot is spacious, boy, I, your indoor dining really looks a lot more comfortable than that parking oh, lot. I won't sit outside, but, you know. I got some customers out there. They're diehards and basically said, uh, you know, when I talked to them earlier, we're here to support you. And, you know, we're sorry for what's, uh, what's happening again. So, you know, a uh, great customer base and, and uh, we'll survive just because we're survivors. So. Ed, would you guys make some capital improvements and, and try to create that area that's in the parking lot? you know, more friendly, like try to put some cooling systems or misting. I don't know if misting systems are even allowed out in California anymore. Well, yeah, a actually that's not, my son started that this morning. He's got uh, misters that are going up, lights that'll be going up. And then we have some huge uh, evaporative swamp coolers that we're going to put out there to get some airflow. So it'll, in the evening, it'll probably be okay. Heat of the day, you know, I'm not sure anybody's going to really we got some of those, the wind sails that are going to go up over the top that'll give us some shade, but it's going to take us a few days to get to that point. By Friday, we should be up and running and full swing on that side of the restaurant. And, you know, uh, wish us luck, okay? Yeah, good luck. How many yeah. do you normally seat in those re in the um, restaurant? The entire restaurant seats about 275. Wow. Patio's open. Wow. And give us an idea of what kind of volume you're doing right now compared to last year. Well, um, we actually, being open for six weeks, um, the first full month was June. Mm -hmm. And our June this year, Beat last after year. reopening, was uh, much greater than June last year. Interesting. I, I equate that to a couple of things. Number one is a lot of restaurants hadn't opened back up yet. And um, because a lot of restaurants that did open up had to open up in a smaller capacity, having that patio and having that back room made a huge difference to us. So, you know, I think, uh, I think we're on our way to getting healthy. Um, occupancy was getting better in the hotel. And, uh, you know, we were really kind of seeing, uh, seeing things change. Um, and, you know, like I said before, I, I think we're one of those counties that deserve to stay or remain open. Um, but we have to find, follow the guidelines of the governor and, uh, you know, we'll survive. It's just going to be a little more difficult. And you'll continue to do things the right way. And uh, that's why we want to follow, if you don't mind. 
we want you to be our California correspondent and Ed Ruhlman at C.R. Gibbs American Grill. Just by happenstance, we came across Ed, but I have a feeling we're going to become fast friends and we're going to keep in touch and uh, just kind of follow your prog- progress, if you don't mind, sir. Appreciate that. Actually, we'd like to share that with the rest of the world. So we'll start with Colorado and uh, we'll see where it goes. Fantastic. Okay, that's Ed, and Ed will be back on the show. Again, if you're out in that area, please, I've got links on the moderneater.com today's daily blog. There's links to CR Gibbs American Grill. If I'm in town, this looks like a place I'd love to be, but it's a one-stop place. You've got a resort and you've got the restaurant. Uh, looks fantastic, sir. Can't wait to uh, come meet you someday. Thank you. And let me know when you're coming this way, and I'll take good care of you. I love it. Wow, new friend. <laughs> And, uh, again, just another one doing it right. But uh, Governor Gavin Newsom said, doesn't matter whether you're doing it right or wrong, we're shutting it down and dying in service for the time being without Ed. And one last question, Ed. You don't have uh, an idea of when you will be reopened again, will you, do you? They have not given us any more information. I understand that the, uh, the protocol uh, <clears throat> either today or tomorrow so I don't know if that'll, his initial, last week when he closed down 19 counties, he said it was for at least three weeks. So I don't, I don't know if he's looking at the same thing for the entire state, but you know, the word at least would lead me to believe that we're in this maybe for four to six weeks. Is Colorado next? That's the poll that's on their stream right now. Do you think Colorado will shut down dine in again? The, uh, uh, yes is 63% and the no is 38%. Is it inevitable? Uh, we'll figure it out here in the next few days. If you know anything about uh, Governor Jared Polis, he uh, seems to like to make decisions on his own and swiftly. And so uh, that should be an interesting thing. Thanks again, Ed. We're going to uh, take a quick turnaround. We'll break away right now. Hear from our sponsors. Dave Thibodeau's on the way. Ska Brewing Company. Are we going to talk about beer, Brian? We are going to talk about a little beer, but no, really we're not. We're, we're going to talk, talk about zero gardening. beer. Oh, come on! You can't can't let the master Dave come on and not talk about ska brewing. Well, well, we'll just, just talk about uh, delicious now. beer. I crushed a few of them this past birthday weekend, but we do have a dinner coming up with uh, Ska Brewing Company and Peach Street Distillery. It's the uh, week of George Eater, and that is August eighteenth. Dave Thibodeau will be in town. And uh, your tickets can be had at summerdinnerseries.com. 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 That's where you need to go. Get your tickets now. Summer Dinner Series. Have dinner with us all summer long. And it is al fresco dining. So as we worry, are they going to shut down restaurants dining in? We may be able to. Yeah, we'll be okay for sure. I hope so. All right, Dave Thibodeau next. Hey guys, Chris Johnson here, owner of Rome Sausage, your hyper-local source for all things sausage awesomeness. My family is proud to carry on the fine traditions of Rome's founder, Jerry Rome, by producing a variety of amazing sausage in small batches with an eye on quality, not quantity. Every batch is made here in the great state of Colorado by hand-mixing spices, utilizing lean cuts of pork to make an outstanding product. Sourcing ingredients and materials locally, we are committed to supporting local vendors, chefs, restaurants, and the entire Colorado food scene. Getting hungry yet? Brats, Italian, breakfast, hot Polish, 
green chili, chicken apple, and the world's best chorizo. You can source all of our sausage through a variety of food service distributors. If your distributor doesn't carry it, call us. We'll come direct. You want a custom item? We'll do that too. Samples, and of course, sausage jokes, can be had by contacting me directly at chris at romesausage.com or by phone at 303-296-7663. The modern eater loves Rome sausage, and I know you will too. <laughs> hey, Zach Ryder here, Colorado Mills Sunflower Products out of Lamar, Colorado, your only local source grown from a local crop to produce a local oil for local chefs. You can find it at Shamrock Foods, What Chefs Want, Seattle Fish Company. Uh, let me try it one more time, then we'll see. Hey, restaurants, we're glad you're reopening from Colorado Mills Sunflower Oil. We'll see you soon. <laughs> First, we partner with the best farmers in the world, and then we tell them, we will take it all. Process whole spices daily, blend custom spices to order, keep it fresh, safe, and flavorful, all so that you can get back to doing what you do best. So whether you're a restaurant, a food manufacturer, or an at-home cook, be sure to visit The Spice Guy at www.thespiceguyco. Okay, the Modern Eater Show continues. What a great interview, Brian, that was with uh, uh, I had Ed so Ruhlman. many more questions. I know. You could spend two hours with that and guy. And he'll, he'll be back for sure. But that was uh, Ed Ruhlman, uh, the owner of C.R. Gibbs American Grill. And just a terrifying thought of shutting down restaurants again here in Colorado. And again, I, you know, I said it, um, the minute restaurants become outlawed, restaurant owners become outlaws. And, and that's really a terrible position to be in. Dave Thibodeau joins us right now. He's got his gardening hat on, <laughs> kind of. How are you, Dave? I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, really good, man. Wanted to catch up with you. Got some questions. First of all, I, you know, I don't This is... Um, See this, Dave? This is the beautiful drone. It's taken so much footage, so much uh, farm coverage. But this is, this is not the original. This is, this is the drone's brother or sister, whichever one you want, because the other one died and went to drone heaven. I'm, uh, I'm shocked. I saw the, the skills of the pilot <laughs> in live action, and... Um, I could tell at the time that the days were numbered for drone number one. Oh, man. That's, uh... You're a wise man, Dave Thibodeau. So, so drone number two. And actually, Jay, uh, Jay returned the other drone, which was interesting. Yeah, I lied to uh, the good folks at uh, Amazon. I was just shocked when she shook the box and it rattled that she didn't really have more questions. But So, Dave, just so you know... Uh, the, the drone that passed away theoretically fell from the sky and, and really did fall from the sky. But I thought that was a good enough reason to see if I couldn't uh, let Amazon make the decision themselves whether it was defective or not. Because I'm going with it was defective. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Not pile of error, huh? <laughs> no, that was defective drone. All the way around. Because this huh. one proves to be okay in good working condition. Doesn't have a scratch on it. So um, not pilot air. Straight out of the box. Though. It hasn't been flown yet. <laughs> no, it has, actually. This last weekend. I flew it around quite some time. Dave, tell us, Master Gardener, now, is that a title that you actually had to do something for? Or was that just one of those comic book or inside of a Cracker Jack box? How, how did that, how'd you come across that title? <laughs> 
Um, <clears throat> well, it's a, it's a, it's an a- actual certification. It's a course you take offered through the CSU extensions office. So a lot of the colleges, um, around the country through their extensions office offer a master gardening course and Colorado's is, uh, through CSU in Fort Collins, but they have extensions agents throughout the state. And we have an agent here in La Plata County where in Durango, where I'm at and, uh, and a number of them throughout the state. And then what they do is I think it's a six or an eight week course. Uh, when I took it, it was, it was on Fridays and it was all day, every Friday. And then what they do is each extension agent has a bit of a specialty area of their own. And so they would rotate out as they taught the courses in the diff- different counties. And, uh, so you'd get the pest guy one week and you'd learn all about bugs. And then you'd get maybe the turf guy and you'd learn about growing grass. And then you might learn about like irrigation and water systems. Uh, wow. The next week it could be somebody from, you know, another rural County that did pruning, for example. I would love and so it's that. Comprehensive. Yeah. You have, you know, a lot of materials associated with it. And then you take a test at the end and, and you get certified and become a Colorado master gardener. And then you're, you're supposed to stay active in the program, teaching and volunteering to, to, to maintain your, cool. your, your title, I guess. Well, whatever. here you go. Here's your teaching and volunteering time right now. We can document this. Okay. I'm going to, I'm drinking beer while I talk to you guys. I hope cool. that's cool. So you cool actually, you actually <laughs> had to do stuff and things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cool. Well, and that guy, you know, I liked how, like, the entomologist wasn't an entomologist. It was that guy that studies, like, bugs. Yeah, the, the bug guy. <laughs> the bug guy. So Dave Thibodeau, master brewer, a renaissance man all around Bon Bavant, uh, and Ska Brewing Company owner as well. Dave, you're a well-rounded guy, but what brought you to wanting to be a master gardener? Um, You know, I grew up in a... I, I grew up in a gardening family, not really a farm, but we always had a big garden. And then I've been a vegetarian for most of my life, 30 plus years. And uh, so vegetable gardening in particular has always been uh, not only important to me, knowing, you know, you guys obviously know with your your food and the, the hyper-local focus and understanding where your food comes from. And then I take it, you know, I believe in it to, to pretty, I guess it's pretty profound, like, the energy behind everything along the way and all the interconnectedness um, that, that, that goes back and back long before you're ever even putting a seed in the ground. And so I like to be attached to all of that and everything I put in my body. So it's always been really important to me. And then I was fortunate enough um, to get a piece of land uh, outside of Durango where I had a few acres and I had a large, large vegetable garden I would still call it I still wouldn't go quite to farm and that was uh I lived across the street from the extensions agent for La Plata County who actually taught and and ran the course here so I took that certification when I lived right across from him and we both had big gardens and spent a lot of time out there every minute I wasn't at the brewery actually are you ready to field some questions 
Oh, uh, you can try and take me down? No, no, I need, I need to learn, man. And actually, Dude, you, you, I'll just lie and try to get by. <laughs> no, well, we have Brian Freeman here who invented vegetables, so he'll, he'll catch you <laughs> if that happens. Now, Dave, you don't know this, but we have uh, uh, pictures of your secret garden right now that we're going to show. Uh, Brian snuck over your fence. We took these photos, and this is of your backyard. Here's some beds you have here. Describe what we're – I don't think uh, Dave can see this, but describe what we're looking at here, Brian. I believe we've got a bed of – it looks like tomatoes and potentially uh, tomatoes and peppers. It's a little bit far for me too, but it's uh, one of your raised beds. It looks like it's on a hill there, Dave. It looks like tomatoes. I got to believe. Tomatoes. Yeah, you're right. I dug up um – I just dug up some grass and I think I'm, I have a, so this is my backyard. I live in town now. I don't have a lot of land. I just have a small backyard. So I have a number of different raised beds and containers just around the backyard. So that was about probably three to four weeks ago. I got a pretty good start on everything, but I, I made a couple of five by five raised beds uh, right in the middle of my grass. Um, and so, yeah, those are tomatoes and peppers. You're right, Brian. That's exactly what they are. At, at uh, transplanted, probably started from seed indoors. Transplanted probably a couple weeks before those photos were taken, nice. and now they're um, they're pumping. Now they're four feet high, maybe. Are you all trellised up with them, or what's going on? They there? are, and I did a different trellis system than I've ever tried before because I went really dense. There's like. 20 to 25 tomato plants in each of those beds. So I used, uh, it's like netting that you, that you put down in the plants and tie off. And then you do layers of that as they continue to grow up through the netting or the trellis. And you got to mess with them every day, um, to make sure that you get that, that they can grow without tearing themselves apart. But it seems to be working pretty well. Tomatoes are starting to bust out right now. Did you steal that from some indoor growers? I've seen that on indoor grows before as well. That's exactly what I did. I had a friend uh, who was using it on, he had just rows and rows of tomatoes and he just had a roll of this stuff laying there and he just cut off a big chunk for me. So I decided I'd just give it a, che- a shot in the backyard. This seems looks, to be working. But this looks like your uh, lettuce bed that you pick from, right? Yeah, that's a container. That was lettuce and other greens and arugula it yep. looks nice and full and healthy and bright and and very lush looks like a good yeah. healthy bed right there we just uh, go in there with a bunch of scissors that's garlic that i harvested last night all of that so that turned out great i overwintered that nice yeah. and then you've got uh what do you have here it's onions in the foreground and you can see some beets and carrots there behind the onions and then that really tall stuff are peas those things are like seven or eight feet tall now. Perfect. And probably be harvesting the last of those in the in this next week or so. But we've been eating. Yeah, there's my there's my daughter who's five and a half feet tall, and this was once again three weeks ago. So you can see how tall those peas are. Everything's really, really just full. Fantastic. Okay, so that's Dave's garden. Now let's talk about my, mine. I'm a balcony gardener, right? Downtown Cherry Creek, 12th floor balcony garden. Can you put some pictures up for the viewers? No, I can't. I mean, you can think of it. It's beautiful. So a it's few lush. things. And Rebecca Berry up next. She's going to be patient and give us about five minutes here. And then we will have all the time in the world with Rebecca. Um, so Dave Thibodeau talking gardening with us right now. Now, Dave, I, a lot of my stuff's in planters, right? So... 
the peppers that I have, I go get some good organic stuff, whether it's a, a starter from a farm or there's a nursery that I go to. And so I have peppers that are flowering and ready to rock and roll, man. But they seem to be stunted because they, they need a little juice. They need, they need some roids, you know, but nothing that's not organic. Don't so, do it. What? what Don't huh? do the roids. They need, they need, yeah, they need. Say no to Roy. They need something. So <laughs> I want to start getting geeky. Like, I seriously want to create my own kind of ecosystem on my balcony, which sounds really far-fetched. But I want to get a fish tank going. I want to start taking the nutrients from the fish tank and put it into my soil and that kind of thing. But you had an answer for me on how to feed it. And I think I have this video, too, of your contraption. What did you make, Dave? This, uh, if, if I can guess what you're talking about, would be a compost tea brewer that I just made uh, this past week. Um, you got this, Jay? My screen? Okay. Here's his compost tea brewer. So first of all, talk about what compost tea is. It's, it's actually a, a really diluted uh, tea. It's basically tea and compost. I mean, water and compost. And you can add other nutrients to it. Um, that you kind of ferment and you, you, you use the, the microbes, the beneficial microbes from your compost. Um, and you can use it as a foliar spray, which is what I've done. And I'll, the caveat here being that I'm relatively new to compost tea. I've used, uh, I've used different organic fertilizers in the past. Um, but this is the first time I've done this tea. And of course with, with brewing background, especially missing my old home brewing days. Anytime I can tinker and create something, some kind of little contraption, I do it. So it's a compost tea brewer uh, where I use a recipe that has a little bit of liquid kelp, a little bit of unsulfured molasses, and then my compost that I create throughout the year. Um, so it's finished compost from my backyard brewing in this, in this brewer. How'd you pick the ingredients? Where, where'd you pick those ingredients? From? So actually this was through so just some research on the internet, but the compost is my own compost. I, I use all organic material for my compost because all my gardens are comp are or, organic. So it's all, uh, everything that goes into my compost is, is organic. And then I make it throughout the year and then I let it finish composting throughout the spring. And then I use it to plant my new gardens. And I usually have a little bit, left or I can wait a couple months like I did now um, to have basically finished compost tea. I have like a compost tumbler um, in the backyard. And then the kelp and the, and the molasses both have, uh, kelp is a common uh, fertilizer that's used in a lot of different plants. It's used heavily like in indoor growing and hydroponics too, but it's, uh, it's, it's relatively mild, but has a ton of micronutrients and carbohydrates. So it helps the it helps feed your microbes, and it also has the micronutrients, as does the molasses that help your plants. And uh, keeping in mind that the microbes in the compost are the important factor here. And then it's the same thing with the molasses, which is a byproduct of the production of sugar. Like when you pound sugar cane to get the sugar, what's left becomes the molasses. And the molasses has a lot of micronutrients in it, and uh, and then you want you want unsulfured molasses because you could buy it with sulfur in it, but unsulfured 
Sulfur is a preservative or can be used as a preservative. So that intentionally kills those microbes. And the also, the other thing about molasses is it works as a, a as a pesticide, as a natural organic pesticide. Wow. So it's, it's small quantities. That brewer that I made does about 25 to 30 gallons at a time. Mm-hmm. And I use about two tablespoons of the molasses and two tablespoons of the kelp per f- every five gallons. So like 10, 10, 10 tablespoons for 25 gallons, I guess. Is Will that you right? write yeah. us up a recipe that we can sure, put online? That'd be awesome. And then I wanted to know, so once you have that tea um, prepared and made, do you just use ex- exclusively that tea for watering or do you use that as just a, a mixture? Um, no, no, no. So, so you don't want to use it every watering. Um, I'm messing around with it and kind of learning right now, but it, it's, it, it's, it's too high in nutrients to use for every watering. But like you mentioned your jalapenos in containers and, and peppers are, are pretty heavy feeders. They need a lot of nutrients in their soil. So what I would probably do with this particular recipe would be maybe every third watering, maybe, you know, in the heat of the summer, you try to be watering it every day, but, but when it's not too hot, you could probably get away with every other day. So maybe every third watering do um, maybe half that strength and just spray it on everything and pour it on or as, as, as your water. Um, well, and, Dave, and do it, and that won't be too strong, and and then just kind of play with it from there. And you can see if you're paying close attention to your plants, mm-hmm. they green up in a day. You know, if there's an issue and you solved it, if you're talking to them, they'll tell you. Gotcha. So it's kind of a I'm and I'm in that process right now, really learning how to dial in the recipe. Like I said, I just made this thing last week. Um, but I could tell in a day, and I used a full batch, and wow. I haven't, I haven't even done it. A, I guess I've done it twice now. So I'm probably gonna spray all the plants. Like I use a sprayer, like a, like you'd use for a, a fertilizer, a weed killer, or mm-hmm. something. I yeah. use to, to spray um, as a foliar sprayer. So I spray it all over the whole plant. Gotcha. And then, wow, that's yeah, cool. it looks like it's working pretty good. And then. You figure out a regular basis. It's not overkill and try and dial it in. And, and that's what you need for something like peppers is the right amount of food and nutrients because they need it. And, and then off of that, the watering, I don't know whether I'm overwatering or underwatering my peppers. Is there a good guideline, fellas, on how you can test your soil to know and, and what time of day is best? I'm sure that it's the best time of day is not when it's really hot out that you want to do it early mornings or late evenings but how is it a daily watering is it plant by plant specific uh either one of you guys can jump on that question yeah i'm sitting here talking i know brian's sitting right there and well I, i've got a question though for you on the tea but i would say greg i the best time you typically water is more the mornings because you don't want the soil to contain too much moisture at night which then it won't dry out the thing is, is you actually want to stress plants, which isn't a bad thing, where you water them, have them dry out, water them. That stress is keeping them, gotcha. pushes the roots deeper and, and does a lot of different things because as they're searching, because if, if a plant has a ton of water, it's, it's not going to keep digging and making a stronger root system. Wow. So think of it, think of things like that. 
Um, but Dave, can I bump back to that tea thing real quick? Because is that like a fertilizer? Because I, I know a lot of guys are doing that. And do you need to, and maybe you could give us the answer when we come back from break, but do you need to stop using the tea a certain period of time before you eat the, pl eat the plant or eat the fruit? Because the tea is basically like a, a very hot fertilizer in a, in a way. It's, it's maybe it's not because it's just your compost and maybe it doesn't have any of, of the other stuff. Dave, but. how are you on time? Oh, I'm good on time. Okay, let me do that. We, we are behind. I want to take a quick break. Rebecca Berry's been so patient with this. And I Thank don't, you, Rebecca. I, Sorry. And, and we're going to jump to Rebecca here also. But we want to um, continue on with Dave here for a few if we could, and then we'll jump in uh, with Rebecca Berry because we've got all kinds of questions as it goes to uh, HR and liability issues and upon reopening what she is seeing. And then we had a question yesterday. Uh, what do you do if an employee test positive for COVID. What do you do with your restaurant? Um, that's an interesting question. Rebecca Berry's got the answer. So we'll break away right now. SummerDinnerSeries.com. That has all, all of the information for our Summer Dinner Series. Again, Dave Thibodeau is part of Georgia Eater's Dinner on the 18th of August. So if you want tickets, jump in on that now. You can crack a beer with Dave Thibodeau. It's usually the uh, Mexican lager. Like, you've been drinking a lot of the Mexican lager over the summertime, haven't you? Yeah, there it is. Uh, perfect. Dave Thibodeau will continue right here the Modern Eater Show. Hey, guys. The Modern Eater. This is Rich O'Brien with Elevation Food Service Reps. I'm here with one of ourselves, a newly appointed hospitality specialist, Kalina Hillier. Hi. And we're here in our showroom, and uh, we've got our bar set up. We've got a lot of time. Come see us. Come see what we've got, and Kalina can help you guys out in the world of hospitality with anything. Um, take a little journey into the 38th Avenue kitchen just to see what's going on in here. And uh, as you come in here, I'm noticing, uh, Howard, what are you doing? Nothing. Sean, what are you doing? Nothing. Nothing? Look at this beautiful equipment in here. Look at this beautiful... Chefs, restaurateurs, anybody that has anything to do with food service, Come on over. We'd love to help you with menu development. Love to show you everything about equipment. And uh, maybe we'll even have a few pops. Hey guys, it's Carly Smith, Barry Gutmother here. I've teamed up with Biker Jim Pittinger to bring you guys a delicious five course dinner on July 21st at Pizza Republica downtown at 6 p.m. So get your tickets now at summerdinnerseries.com and I look forward to seeing you there. Welcome back. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Uh, Dave Thibodeau joins us, and thank you very much, Rebecca Berry, coming up uh, next segment. We want to continue on because we have a couple more questions to ask Dave, but you were going in on the compost tea question there, weren't you, Brian? I was. I'm just, I, you know, I just had the curiosity to, do you have to give it a break? Do you have to flush? your fruits or vegetables, you know, because typically a lot of, a lot of at home farmers don't know this. And it's the one thing that scares me to death whenever I walk into a restaurant and they're like, Oh, we get produce from the neighborhood. I'm like, Oh shit. Maybe I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> um, but, uh, just because I just think your, your average guy doesn't know they want to know they have a good heart, but, uh, what's your take on this, Dave? Yeah. I'm glad you asked the question, Brian, because I hadn't gotten there yet. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, you know, just off the top of my head, the way I'm doing it right now is I, is it's, it's finished compost. Um, and 
it's relatively, you know, in it, I'm using two cups of finished compost, which is mostly just vegetable scraps from the previous year's vegetables, yep. you know, and, uh, and it's finished and I'm only using two cups per five gallons uh, of that compost tea, which I aerate really well. And then pretty mild on the kelp, which as far as it's, it's nitrogen and, and phosphorus and potassium is, is super, super low. And then, and then the same with the uh, molasses. So neither of those two things scare me. It's the compost I would be most concerned about, but, but then at, at, at somewhat frequent, you know, if I do it every week at half dose, instead of drenching everything every two weeks heavily, I was thinking it's probably pretty safe. You know, if I give it another week of regular waterings before I'm harvesting and eating, I feel okay about it. But, but now I'll throw it back at you. Should I, does that scare you? No, I would say, you know, one that you said, because it's a finish, more of a finished compost than something that's like the hot. Cause I was imagining, you know, I was imagining somehow that you were taking some of that compost and even, you know, putting it in a cheesecloth in a sense and squeezing some of the juice out of it to put that juice into yours. So you're taking the solid compost, which is way more stable in that form. And I I would say less scary in my eyes because when it's still in that soup, you know how your compost pile creates that. And you don't see it normally in most compost piles unless they're in one of those containers, those compost containers I, I don't know if you've ever used one of those like rolling con- compost containers where sometimes you look in there and there is some slug. Yeah, that black liquid. Well, what, what is it, guys? What is the best way for somebody who says, you know what? I want to get into composting, I, and, and, but I'm urban. So, right, I live in an urban environment. I want to get going. What's the best way to just start a compost? Compost what, is relatively simple. What it, container? It, I mean, right down to the container to – what you want to put in there, what you don't want to put in there. Um, it, well, I think you just touched on some good stuff. I mean, containers as easy as a bucket, right, Dave? Just a, you could put a still bucket under your under your sink. And yeah, and I, you know, you can use a plastic bucket. There's all the there's all the well known issues that come along with plastic. So if you could, you know, you could start with something steel. Like they have nice. If you have a little bit of cash, you know, there's nice stainless steel like c- countertop. Uh, little composters that you could just throw your scraps and stuff in. And then you, you can start by limiting it to, to the stuff that you just cut off your vegetables or whatever in the kitchen that you know is safe without getting too crazy. Maybe keeps things like eggshells out of it. But if you're cutting something ends off of vegetables or peels or something, that's a really easy way. And then. All right. Plug, plug your ears, Dave. Can you throw meat scraps in there? Definitely not. You can't. No, it, it screws with meat screw. The protein doesn't, yeah, there's a, a, dis, a descriptive word. I wish my girl's Emily's on listening to us. I, I wish she'd chime in here. But there's protein screw up compost. Like, I, Dave, do you know what, it, what is it? It's a certain enzyme in proteins. It, the, I thought it would be a gas. Yeah, no, it is some crazy enzyme. And I'm not, I'm not the best at composting just because I haven't, I have not had to worry about what I've put in my compost for a lot of years. And uh, I just kind of have a routine, but I don't, I don't throw any kind of manure in there. I don't throw anything that's just not a vegetable scrap, basically. So banana um, peels, 
good to go. Good to go. Man peels right. are good. It's, they'll go. They'll they'll compost a lot faster if you chop them up a little bit instead of throwing them in whole. Yep. Always peel your goofy organic stickers off your vegetables. Yeah. Dave, I've got a curveball for you. Not in a different direction, but in the same. Do you know what seeds? Can you name five seeds that you should be planting in July? In July? In July. Right now, this month, is still. there's still time. There's still lots of things that you can put a seed in the soil right now. And how? And it needs 120 days? Doesn't need 120 days, a lot of these items. Does not? Does not. A lot of, green, a lot of greens yeah. don't need so, that long. So lettuce... Lettuces. Yeah, yeah, the arugula, right. broccoli, cabbage, right. even carrots. You could uh-huh. still do some carrots. You could get another planting of carrots in. You could probably do some root vegetables too. Potatoes, parsnip. Yeah, well, parsnips and potato carrots, as far as I'd go, yeah. because that that's enough time. But parsnip or parsnips and carrots. Well, let, let me go on the other side of this thing. So, guys, here's another question that I have for my home garden: is a lot of times I'm like, is this ready to pull from my garden? Is this is this ripe? Is this ready? How do you know? And, and I'm I'm working with peppers. I do a lot of um, of uh, herbs as well. So. You know, even to the point of picking my basil off of there, is it going to regenerate? You know, I'm going with smaller quantities, and I want to know, like, where do I pick that from? Do I have to cut it? Can I rip it? Uh, those are the really uh, small pinheaded questions that I have when it comes to gardening, if anybody has an answer. I mean, the, the, the first thing is with things like herbs and stuff is don't, don't overthink it and don't lose any sleep over anything like that. Any of those things will work. And herbs, herbs if you're treating them well, nonetheless, are going to keep, they're going to keep popping up. What you have to be careful about is, is the middle of the summer when they'll start to bolt. Um, and then that's, you kind of want to, that's what you want to avoid. And you can actually harvest to prevent that if you're just doing it by, you know, I need a little fresh basil on top of my pasta tonight or whatever it is. And you can kind of prevent that through what you harvest each day. Um, but there's, there's little ways that you can, that you can mess with your plants, everything from your tomatoes to particularly basil, where you can get a more prolific and bushy and, and, and stout plant um, that's more prolific overall. Um, and, and, and ways you can train the plant too, the way you harvest it. But the, but the biggest thing is with herbs and greens and lettuce is don't freak out about it. Just take what you want whenever you want it, you know? I mean, what, don't you agree with that, Brian? Yeah, totally. I, I, I do. Those, those How about plucking the peppers? Greens. When do you know to now, pluck your peppers? The, the peppers, are, I, I think, you know, listen, it, it depends on the variety, so you got to understand how big they're going to get, how small they're going to be. But then if they start blushing or if, if you see any red, that's the, the, the pepper is pushing it. Yeah. I got a purple point. pepper variety right now. It's, it's, it's kind of cool to look like, but it's changing. It went from red and now kind of purple. And I just, I want to get it right when, when it's perfect. Because I think the next, it'll turn green, wouldn't it, Dave? The next uh, purple pepper, if it goes too long, it'll Turns go green. green yeah. Oh, I don't want that at you, all. You know, if, you, if your jalapenos do start getting red, they're still good. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's better to, if, if you pick them when they're green, you're, you're, the plant will keep producing flowers. And keep, but once once you're red, you've gone pretty far. You pick those, and that's that's that. But can, don't be afraid of red; it's not bad. They're still super tasty. Can you counter ripen on your counter? Mm. I, I think you'd have to leave it on the vine, not not for a pepper. I mean, tomatoes you can. 
but I, I think a pepper would be a little bit harder. But you know, I don't know how much of the energy stored in the in the stem in a pepper. That'd All be the, the questions, man. Dave Thibodeau, <laughs> you didn't think that? The, did you when you woke up this morning? How are you talking about beer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, we did. We talked about the Mexican lager that you and Greg have both been drinking quite a bit of Mexican uh, lager this summer. Beer, yeah. Do you have any projects that you're working on right now? What's going on at Ska? Uh, we got a kind of a fun one that we're going to release a little bit bigger. Oktoberfest is coming up sooner than we realize. I mean, we're already in mid-July. I don't know what happened there. Um, so we have a, a Oktoberfest that's pretty popular that we've done well with at the Great American Beer Fest and We've already started brewing that, and that'll be out um, in probably probably less than a month. Wow. And then uh, we're actually doing a, a Mexican lager dark to uh, kind of fill the, fill the void when our regular summer Mexican lager goes away for the year. So we've got a darker Mexican lager coming out um, this fall. So those are two of the bigger projects. Of course, we're messing around a lot up at Scott Street in Boulder. And here in our tasting room, just brewing smaller batches of, of innovative things. We've got a, a really super peachy tangerine sour beer on tap up at Ska Street that we just tapped. That's one of the early beers that we brewed there that's worth swinging by and getting a taste of. But a lot of fun, a lot of messing around while we're barely open, you know, kind of uh, just learning, just continuing to experiment and learn. How is the restaurant in Boulder doing? your new place. Give it a shout out. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. It's, um, it's doing really well. You know, it's once again, it's a little odd because we're only at 50% capacity. So we're, we have people, we have a good size outdoor patio up there. And so people are sitting out there, tables are spaced. Uh, everything's, everything's following all the COVID guidelines, um, from the Colorado department of health. And, uh, and so it's full, you know, and it's, and everything's tasting and drinking really well, but, but it, but full seems for me, you know, somebody who likes the social side of a pub atmosphere, um, it seems half full, uh, but, but that's the way every place seems to me, but, um, people are really enjoying it. We're getting a lot of good reviews, a lot of good feedback from the neighborhood and, and it's a lot of fun. And our team up there is doing a great job. The food's seasonal food. So, Heirloom tomatoes are coming in now, gazpacho and nice rainbow colored salads, beets, different colors of beets. And a lot of, I like to eat by, by color, you know, being a vegetarian through the second half of the summer, local foods coming in a rainbow, different colors. And they're doing a really great job with that up there. So that's, that's really exciting. And uh, I finally got to visit it just, just a week ago for the first time since we reopened and I had a great experience. So. That's cool because you'll be down here. You'll make a rare Dave Thibodeau appearance in downtown Denver. It's going to be August 18th, the Tuesday, Chef George Eater's dinner. He's actually the owner of Pizza Republica. You'll be down uh, on the 18th, but along those same lines, just a few days later, you've got a dinner experience as well. Do you mind telling us about that before you go? Yeah, th thanks for bringing it up. It's... um. I'm glad that the, it looks like the schedule is going to work out. I had some travel plans, but we were, we've been wanting to do something at Ska Street in Boulder where we did a dinner with Peach Street and with Ska Brewing Beers and Peach Street Spirits. And uh, we, we don't have the menu figured out yet. We're just about to start working on that. But be, 
because of your summer dinner, dinner series and our dinner there at Pizza Republica on Tuesday the 18th, we thought let's kind of just piggyback off our time and do it while we're in town. So, so my partner Bill at here at the brewery and at Peach Street um, will do that dinner with us, and then, and then my partner Dustin will be uh, with me at Pizza Republica on August 18th. So, two days, two dinners, very different from each other. I'd suggest hitting both of them. Rad. Wow, you heard it here first, yeah. man. <laughs> More information uh, is on skabrewing.com. Uh, yeah, or it will be in the coming days on, and scostreet.com. Scott, uh, Perfect, and you'll hear more about that from us. In fact, um, if you'll be around this afternoon, Jay will hit you back up, and we'll get something recorded, and we'll run it on the show. Fantastic. Cool. Dave Thibodeau, thanks for your time this afternoon. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Always good sir. to talk to you. It's great to talk to Dave Thibodeau. The uh, poll that we had, do you think Colorado will shut down dine-in again? Is it neck and neck? Yes, is at 52%. No, is at 48 As we keep our fingers crossed and we brace here in Colorado, what will Governor Polis do as a next step if he considers this small surge as a spike? Will he shut down restaurants? That's the question of the day. Rebecca Berry, hot schedules powered by fourth. She was so patient. Rebecca, we love you for being so patient, my man. Craig, I know how you work. We're good. Are we good? (laughs) We got to talk about all the things. We got to talk about all the things, right? We got all the things. Cool. (laughs) Now we know how to garden. (laughs) You hang tight. We're going to take a quick break. Hear from our sponsors. Hopefully we'll play that one. Awesome commercial. My favorite. It's Rebecca Berry's and Hot Schedules Powered by Fourth. We'll catch up, Rebecca. That's next right here on the Modern Eater Show. Hey guys, it's Rebecca Berry with Hot Schedules Powered by Fourth here. And you know what they say, if you can't take the heat, then you should get out of the kitchen. But with Hot Schedules Powered by Fourth, we want you in the kitchen while we put out those fires. With Hot Schedules, we help to mitigate risk with HR, payroll, and tax compliance solutions so you can continue to put those plates on the table for your guests. Today's a big day. We're reopening. So call me, Rebecca.Berry at Fourth.com. That's Rebecca.Berry at Fourth.com. With Hot Schedules by Fourth, we've got you covered. Hey, Modern Eater fans, I'm Don Trouble with the Annex by Ardent Mills, and I just wanted to give you a heads up about some of the great things we've got going on locally in the state. We're headquartered right here, and we're working with farmers in the San Luis Valley to bring you amazing Colorado quinoa. It's just like the South American stuff, but grown locally. We've got transitional wheat flour that's grown by farmers in Colorado and surrounding states who are in the process of, of turning their fields into organic. So we're taking that transitional wheat and turning it into flour, and now it's available for you to cook and bake with. And last but not least, we're now cleaning grain berries in Denver. So things like spelt or wheat berries uh, or pearl barley, those are things that we're now doing right here locally and are available to you. Can't wait to share it with you. Okay, back to the Modern Eater Show. A little bit of housekeeping. I want to tell you about Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions, he's cleaning out tap lines all over the place right now, Brian. Yes, he is. And he should because brewers want their beer to taste like it tasted when they come out of the brewery, just like they brewed it. And just why like not? you drank that can at Ska right <laughs> off the machine. Oh, fresh as you can possibly get. Fresh beer is what our – we're crusaders for fresh beer. And uh, pouring inefficient beer, it's a no-no. It's a bad thing. If you're pouring inefficient beer, what are you doing, boys? Pouring Pour your money, money down, down the, the drain. drain. Do not pour your money down the drain. Just get a hold of Jeff Rourke in A-plus beverage solution. He'll clean a line. He'll add a line. He'll add a whole install for you. He'll even clean up other people's mess. 
Yes, he will. He'll do it all. He's the most trusted man in the business. He's a family man, uh, family owned and operated, 20 years doing it. Jeff Rourke, 720-272-3809. One more time. 720-272-3809. Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Back to the show, summerdinnerseries.com. That's where you get all your summer dinner Wait, series. Summerdinnerseries.com. There's only two websites that you need to know. Summerdinnerseries.com, which will take you to themoderneater.com. But on themoderneater.com, daily blog, and it lines out who the guests were. If you missed uh, Ed Ruhlman, he's the owner of C.R. Gibbs American Grill in uh, California. Redding. Redding. Redding, California. Yep. And, uh, again, Governor Gavin Newsom ordered on Monday to close down dining in California. Sonia Riggs, owner and uh, owner, um, president and CEO of the Colorado Restaurant Association, came on yesterday and said, hey, listen, I'm really, really nervous, and why not? Uh, Governor Jared Polis uh, seems to pull the trigger whenever he's ready on whatever he's ready to pull the trigger on. Yeah. And uh, that could come down um, as early as this week, as we heard that, boy, it sounded eerily the same. Oh, man, it sounded scary. And uh, Dave Thibodeau giving us gardening tips, and Rebecca Berry joins us now. Thank you, Rebecca. Here we are. And where are Hi, you? Guys. Where are you? I am at Cochino Taco on South Broadway. I figured instead of putting a background on or being in my home office, that I'd come support local and support Johnny and his crew here and... We've got um, some really, let me turn my camera around. They're famous little taco oh, truck. Oh, shut up. And it is Taco Tuesday. And look, look who we have here. Ah, it's Andy. We're working together. But what? yeah, so this is one of my favorite places to go. You know, I had to. We're here. We're going to be, work look, we've got the computers. We're, we're going. But um, yeah, so this is one of my favorite places in my neighborhood to go to, to support. It used to be Gary Lee's. Um, so I was here for a long time, and then actually Johnny was a high school friend of Gary's, so it's good to see it switch hands in the right way, and it's just awesome here. So here we are. If you ever have any questions, and you'll know, but write this down, Rebecca.Barry at fourth.com. Okay, yesterday, and I don't know whether you have the answer or not, but I have to ask you, we were posed with a question, and we asked Sonia Riggs um, this same question. What do you do if an employee tests positive for COVID? You know, that is a great question that I can't answer, but our HR team would be able to guide you through. So I'm not a certified HR professional. That's why Fourth has certified HR professional, professionals where you can pick up the phone, give them a call. What we do offer, though, um, to help kind of prevent that is if you are a hot schedules labor client where you do all your scheduling through that and everything like that, that we do have a health check. So employees, it's optional, but managers can see when employees opt out of doing it, but they can put in their symptoms, how they're feeling. That allows the management team to remove them from the schedule, automatically pull who's kind of on a waiting list for the ability to work and just keep the flow of the business going. But it also records all of that information in the cloud. Now, if an employee were to come back and test positive for COVID, they would report that then to the CDC. But it just varies, again, on the extremity. If it's one employee and no other employees are infected, it may come from somewhere else. But, again, you want to speak to a certified HR professional or legal counsel on that. Yeah, right away. I mean, liability is one of those things to where everybody's going, where's the liability with this? Who holds exactly. the liability? And, um, boy, I, I want to get these answers and hopefully. But isn't um, that sort of sad? What? I, I got to just say it. That that's the kind of country we are. 
Who's, who cares liability? liability? Yeah. You know, you're sick. It, it's called God. I know. It happens. It's an interesting one. You know. What else are we seeing out there right now, Rebecca? I know that um, a lot of restaurants upon reopening probably didn't know what they were up against, but now you've got a little body of work. You can uh, give us an idea yeah. of, of what restaurants are talking about right now. So I'm really excited because on Monday, the concept ironically is based out of Southern California, which is going to be the only open location as of now. Slater's 5050 is opening in the Rhino District. They are officially our first combined fourth and hot schedules customer in the Colorado market. Now, we have plenty of these customers across the nation. I was brought back to open up this market. It has been an incredible journey with them. We signed right before COVID hit. We had no clue. We had a brand new build. Um, right off of, I believe it's 33rd and Blake. Um, and you know what? They're hiring. They're working like crazy. I believe Scott Slater was in town. So next week, Monday, they open at 11 o'clock. Um, thanks to the Modern Eater, a lot of our local brands will be there. I don't know exactly which ones they've chosen, but I know they've done tastings with Brews, with Deviation, Meridium. Um, I'm not sure if they got with Blonde Beards, but uh, we've just been trying to push a lot of local brands. They want to bring in local brands, which is really exciting. That's really cool. Um, and then if you need suggestions on some other more, uh, some others, we'd love to do that as well. Seems like we haven't seen you in, in quite some time. What else have you been up to? And it's hard to especially stay busy, but this is the time um, that you really want to be able to roll out resources for folks right now. Um, talk to people yeah, so about what Fourth is, if you would. So fourth is the leading payroll and HR provider in the hospitality and restaurant space. The reason we do so well in restaurants and hospitality is we understand churn. We understand liability with back of the house, hot equipment, slips and falls, burns, you name it. The other piece of that is unlike any other PEO, we allow you to carve out your insurance, carve out your benefits. If it's working for you, great. If you're as pressed, great. But we want to make sure that you're covered. And a lot of times with that turnover and churn, and luckily we have the CARES Act right now, so we're all going to be okay for the most part, um, your unemployment claims can make your suitor rates skyrocket, which is going to cost you tons in the end. With fourth, we've got you covered. We put you guys under our umbrella, and you run your business, but we protect you because we hold so many EINs under us that we're able to mitigate risk and really contain costs. So it's pretty exciting. We do electronic onboarding. We help with... Um, applicant tracking. And then we have our partnership, obviously, with Hot Schedules that does all the scheduling, inventory, um, activity-based forecasting, you name it. So we truly are the only end-to-end solution, but we hold the liability for you. And that's what you need right now. Um, Greg, you know, as people are getting admitted to the hospital and things like that, healthcare is going up. Think about healthcare premiums, right? This is the time that you want to be with somebody like Forth. Because we, again, contain all those costs where if you're a small business owner, all of those claims and all of that can make your you know, premiums rise. And that's a heavy cost. If you have a lawsuit right now and people are so happy, let's just be honest. We're in an economy where people are unemployed. Unemployment's pretty much done for the time being as far as I'm aware. And I, I've been off the grid the last few days, so I'm not as up to date at the moment, but you know, it happens. And with a company like ours, you never have to worry about it. You push all of that to us and we take care of it. Because if we lose a case or we lose an unemployment claim, it goes towards us, not you. So we definitely want to win. Wow. 
I mean, it's a lot of information. <laughs> well, no, you know, I and as I've I've gotten to know what you do and and really just uh, understand that you're an advocate. But moreover, it's it's the point in time when you come in your business, you say, "All right, am I going to be able to grow to the next level, or do I need some help?" And when it's an end to end help like this, it's to me it seems like a no brainer, at least to reach out. And that's Rebecca Barry at Fourth.com. What else are you guys up to? Um, what, what's going on in, in you've always got your ear to the ground. What's happening out there right now, Rebecca? You know, a lot of groups are really busy. I've actually been busy with my big girl job, Greg. <laughs> I spent a lot of time um, with you guys and helping the community through this, which was so amazing. We have so many companies that are coming back that are doing well. I had a meeting today with a group that is actually over year over year and is looking to grow six new locations. But what do we always say? We want to be lean and mean right now. So they're very lean, um, which is where we come in handy of taking all the administrative burdens off of them. So Colorado, we've been very fortunate. You know, I took the poll. I don't I don't think we'll fully close. I, I trust our CRA to go to battle every day for us. I know Sonia and her team have been working nonstop. I think they will fight to the bitter end. I think there will be just an outrage if we have to close. I think people are smart here. Um, 99% of the time I see maps on. I see, I mean, literally consumers come in, they just sit right down. All of the staff is wearing masks. So, you know, people are trying to focus on growth and they're trying to focus on pivoting their menus and pivoting to go. I, I've heard, I think it was yesterday on the show, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't remember who it was saying, you know, we're thinking of doing a to-go menu and you know, a dine-in menu. We're, it's just oh, that changing was all over, but That was Kelly. Whitaker, it was Kelly. So. It was Kelly. Yeah. So, you know, we're, I feel the walls rattling, which I love. And, you know, it's what, three o'clock and the patio here as it, you can't see from this angle, but we've got a decent crowd going of people and it was packed for lunch. So, I mean, and it's starting to rain a little bit, but people are out yeah, they and are. they're being smart. So I've been busy doing that. Um, I'm partnering, obviously, with Rich O'Brien, with some of the other manufacturers, reps, to host events. So if you guys have an interest in testing out new equipment, let me know. I also, with those events, I've partnered again with Deviation, Blonde Beards, Meridium. If anybody else wants to get on board, Chris and I kind of had, I owe him an email, actually, um, on sampling some local fare to bring into your local establishment. So we're really keeping our local economy going. That's a big thing for me right now. Um, so... That's kind of where I'm at. I've just really been thrown back in, but still trying to work local and support local brands. I love it. Summer dinner series, and we want to get you over there for a dinner. We'll, we'll talk offline, get you over there for a dinner. And um, just say hello to Andy for us, if you will. How's Andy doing? I will. He sent, he's doing great. I'm sorry we missed your birthday. I told Jay um, I went camping. And I had no service. That's fine. Yeah. And I had no cot. And I had no hotel room. <laughs> I had a air you mattress. Do? How'd you do? Here, let's ask Andy how I did. Uh oh. Let me flip. How'd I do? Hey guys, you know what, Becky? Oh, hold on. Here. <laughs> Becky survived the ultimate camping adventure. All right. And um, who's what? Becky? Rebecca. Yeah, I made her. <laughs> yeah, Rebecca. I made her sleep on a air mattress and. Uh, one night it went flat on her, and the next morning I heard about it. But you know what I did? I gave her my perfectly good condition air mattress, and 
she's slept fine ever since. So, and she also caught a huge 14-inch trout oh. on her own. So she she is accustomed to uh, living in the Mile High. So and there you, you have it. And you took her camping. All right. I did, yeah, I did. I did. Did you eat the uh, trout? Uh, no. Becky released it and she brought it back to life and it, it, she actually nursed it back to health and it swam away just fine. <laughs> it's a pet so now. She, it's actually yeah, at yeah. her home in Washington park. It is. It is. I'll give it back to her. Thanks dude. There's Andy. All Sorry right. guys. I've got a headset in cause it can get kind of loud on Broadway and theater here, which no, is where I'm at. So you're, you're fine, um, Becky. So I know it's weird, right? <laughs> Nobody else can call me that. Um, so yeah, so we've just been taking some time off. You know, Jason Wange, as we all love him, has really been an inspiration for me. And just this thing has been really hard for all of us, right? And Greg, you called me day one. We did a show and now it's just amazing. It's this huge thing that you're doing and continuing to do. But it really, this whole COVID thing has really weighed on all of us. I mean, between work and stress and economy and family and being stuck inside all the time. And so the disconnect and unplugging was so amazing. So I'm like this week already, I'm rocking and rolling. It's exciting. <laughs> That's what summertime's for, man. It's uh, exactly hot days and beautiful evenings and sitting back and getting close with the people that you love, man. Summer nights. I love it. Uh, Rebecca Berry, Rebecca.Berry at Forth.com. We'll catch up with you soon, and I'll call you about summer dinner series. Perfect. And one thing I want to add, Greg, is you guys, if all we have to do is run your numbers. There's no contract to run numbers. There's no catch. It can't hurt to at least see what we can offer. We're saving tons of concepts, thousands of dollars. We have we just partnered with Bar Louie, which I know isn't local, but they were in Chapter 11. We were actually saved, saved them enough to where they could reinvest it into the entire hot schedules platform without spending a dime so just food for thought we can just run your numbers and that's it wow so, do give it. us a shot well, what do you have to lose do Nothing. it do it uh rebecca great.com see you rebecca thank you rebecca oh Bye. man what a show today and as i look to the beginning of the show and ed ruleman it just is still just haunting my mind hearing sonia riggs say that she's worried she's very very worried and concerned that uh, Colorado restaurants will be next. We'll follow it all week long. And again, themoderneater.com. If you need a recap, the daily blog will tell you who was on and uh, contact information for them as well. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to be revisited by Dr. William Blanchett from Boulder Internal Medicine. Are we seeing a spike right now or is it just an uptick? Is he going to look into this crystal ball because he's got data behind him? Yeah. Uh, Governor Polis, we wonder what he makes decisions off of, but we're hoping that he's collecting that data as well. I, I, th- I mean, I, I think Colorado's like doing very well right now. Just talk with you about this, Greg, sure. because I'm curious as your opinion about, you know, as we saw Rebecca, and you know, people are getting out, right? What is responsible? What's not responsible? That's that's where the real. I, I have different questions around, you know, listen, hey, I want people to get out. I want to get out. I want to engage. I want to give my friends hugs again. I want to be part of uh, this community and this society that we we call home here in Colorado. I'm frustrated. But I also think twice about, you know, do I do I eat every meal out? Do I go out? Should I make something at home? Do I I want to you know, I want to be around people. But what's What's good and what's bad anymore? Well, I think you follow your instincts of what you're comfortable with. 
I really do. And, and as you see, as we've traveled the state quite a bit in the past month, you can see that uh, that, that range is quite a bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, like that you said, Colorado Springs bit. is way Where, different. Where's your comfort zone, Jay? Mask uh, or no mask? If you uh, didn't have to wear a mask, would you wear one? Um, I don't think you would. When we were in some of those rural uh, towns in Colorado and you didn't have to wear a mask to go into the grocery store, you opted you know, not to. Yeah, and, and, and as, um, as we've progressed with this, it's like, uh, and I remember some of the places you were talking about, as, as it's kind of gotten further and, and I've seen the attention that it's just getting as far as everything goes, I've been wearing it everywhere I go. Right now, I'm not wearing it for me necessarily because I still have some weird arrogance that I can I could beat it if I got it. So I'm not too worried about it. And there's nobody at home when I get there. So I'm not passing it to somebody theoretically. Um, But nowadays, you know, now just because of the resurgence of it and all the stuff in the news and talking more with Dr. Blanchett and things, I'm wearing it everywhere I go, even though I don't have to. So I'm doing it. You know, maybe it was an out-of-town thing where I was on vacation. I thought maybe I can get something. But um, now I wear it everywhere I go. Did, did you hear about the, this kid's last words to a doctor? 30 years old. Did you hear about that? Did you see that news story yesterday? The doctor came on and said he, he said it's real because he had been going around on social media and telling all of his friends that COVID was a joke, that it was a lie, that it was a You're always going to get those type of sensational stories. Though, sure. Right? I mean, you do. That's in, what the news is. what sells you know? news. But it's, I think it's interesting, though, because I think a lot of these yeah. kids, uh, I mean, like what we had Dr. Blanchett, and I, I'm excited to check in with him because I, I really do like him mm-hmm. um, that, that he's been on. One thing and, I do want to ask Dr. Blanchett tomorrow is, are the masks, masks that we're wearing, right, are they really preventing against the spread of COVID? Because what I understand about the masks that most people are wearing, those paper masks, um, that those masks will prevent um, from the spread of it, but not the intake of yes. it. Yes. And I think that that's totally right. It's you, you're wearing a mask. You're not spitting on people anymore like because we don't realize that how much – how much moisture spit. But they do not prevent the spread. Yeah. And it's an exercise. Well, but do that. And, and, and so that's what we'll ask the doctor. Uh, yeah. Also, along those lines, is how many times does a mask, should a mask have a use? Well, did you hear in California what they said? So, five times the nurses are having to reuse their mask five times right now. And did you hear that other data point that we were talking about earlier that, mm-hmm. that I heard on the news that in Tucson, they're testing sewer, the sewage, for increased levels of RNA, COVID, RNA, yeah, COVID RNA mm-hmm. in the sewage because now they're utilizing that data to say we don't need everyone to come in and get a test. We're able to go to your backside, which I, I want to hear from what Fairy Gutmother would say on this, but we're able to go to the backside and check out that it, if you've got it. We'll ask the doctor that too. Yeah. I think that's a great, that great question. We haven't seen this guy in a long time. I don't know. Throw a mic on him if you could, uh, Parker. Uh, I don't know. What, probably six months since we've seen you. Uh, before COVID for sure. But Kyle Moyer, how are you? I'm doing great. Good to see you in studio. It's good to see you guys. I think it's been Stu- more than six Listen months. Listen to that voice. Such a sweet, angelic voice. Oh, man. I have a face for radio, voice for radio. You're looking good, <laughs> my man. Um, bogeys, uh, beer and wine. Do you still have bogeys? 
It's actually under contract. Is it really? Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's almost seven years old and my baby. And uh, I have a new venture coming up, opening up a new food hall and market. And with You've got to be terrified to get into that business right now, right? Or no? Not, not as much. No, okay. I, I, I think I have a good understanding of, you know, at least what, what has been placed in front of us with rules and regulations as well as amazing, amazing applicants. So, you know, I can build do you a look really to a different? Staff. Do you look to a different thought process of doing that type of project with COVID? Or do you go pre-COVID, this is how these things were done? Uh, again, it's a market and a food hall. Is that what you said? Right, right. No, I, I don't go pre at all anymore. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, we can, we can follow the regulations and, and we now know it's kind of bit, been put forth so we don't have to really make any of the changes could be an interesting opportunity it, it can be and so less touch points are you going to be looking at that absolutely absolutely yeah we we have way less touch points or will and then um again just following the regulations with the distancing um looking at you know apps and ordering and everything without having to go face to face so you know we can always go back you know, hopefully sooner than later, there's a way that we can just get back to normal life. And when that day comes, we'll be ready for it. But, you know, in the meantime, we'll do whatever we can to keep the industry people employed, keep the businesses doing business and do our part and, you know, get food out there to people. Where's it going to be located? So it's right by Bogies and Crafty Fox, um, you know, my, my two babies. Yeah. And, yeah, it's right. It's basically the old Regency student housing. You know that Circle Hotel. The big, yeah. The big famous yeah, Circle Hotel. So we, um, the renovation, I've been working on it for a couple of years now, but we were going to do a full renovation, full uh, rebrand, and turn it into a hotel again. With COVID, you know, hitting in March and everything, obviously got really scared of the whole hotel concept, you know, at least for the time being. So we're going to do another year of the student housing and, and private, but we are still moving forth with the whole uh, market and... Uh, mini food halls, what I call it, concept. And then once we hopefully can get to next summer in a, in a different world and different time and, and hopefully back to normal, then we can move forward with the hotel, do a full bar program and open to the public. And that's all possible just because you guys own that entire land over there. Own you guys the build, own yeah. everything. Yeah. You like, go at your pace. There, you own a part of China, right? That's part of like, it's West Denver, North China, right? Is yeah, that's <laughs> that's our little that's our little hood over there. So... Uh, we, you know, we we're able to do that. I think it's going to be great amenity for the students for the time being. And I hired my chef uh, a week ago. Absolutely amazing. And um, so, yeah, so, you know, I think it's going to be it's going to be good to get a year under our belt for this new concept. I don't know of another food hall grocery store in town um, in the state. You know, so it, it's kind what, of, what do you consider the grocery store end of it? Like to what extent produce, is it a grocery dairy, store? you know, and. and um, the goal it will change. I mean, we're going to be equipped when it comes to, you know, the equipment for a full grocery store. But obviously, once we open up to the public and become a hotel, then we're able to do more of, you know, neighborhood grocery. But for now, you know, the items will be more focused on frozen to go, things like that. But yeah, we'll be, we'll be um, similar to a choice market, I would say. We're like nice. going to be the neighborhood grocery store, but we'll have more uh, food options. And we'll focus on delivery. You know, we're, we're a separate company outside of the, the assembly, which is taken over for the Regency. So we'll, we'll be able to do the, the DoorDashes and Grubhubs and all that and, you know, act as a restaurant as well. 
one thing that we've really been seeing from folks is the the want and the desire to know where their food is coming from. If you can somehow narrow that gap and be able to bring those types of really intimate relationships with farmers and ranchers it, to the grocery store end of that, I believe that that would be received very well. Absolutely, especially with these younger generations. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. Well, after <laughs> here's why. Since well, if, if you're gonna do that, let's well, let's do let's no, do one because of these. nobody will be back when we eh, if we you do don't that. Know. Well, here's what I do know is that um, I really want. Mr. Moyer's opinion on this because oh, I consider geez. Kyle to be another master drone pilot. Oh my god! And, I have a drone and and a master pilot pilot at that. You know, I, I learned from you. I'm a master at a lot of things. Great mm-hmm. master debater. Banjo, why? Yeah, why yes. didn't you keep your banjo uh, blog going? I ding, played ding, banjo ding, last ding, night ding, actually ding, for ding, the ding. first time in a while. It felt good. Did it feel good? I watched a couple of videos, music videos of, you know, Rolling Stones, and it gave me the. Uh, you know, aspiration to go pick up that five string. <laughs> I like it. Oh, I'm excited yeah. though. That new pro- project that sounds just awesome. Captive audience. That sounds like a rocking, rocking project. If you need drone. any uh, drone footage of that area, uh, Greg's your you guy. can retain my services. Yeah, yeah. Here's Gray Wolf Resort, and I'd just like to um, just uh, tantalize your senses right now, if I could, uh, for one moment, as we look at this just uh, phenomenal. We'll, use well, the viewers are back up, Greg. People want to see Grey Wolf well, right now, I, so I'm I mean, excited okay, about this. Okay, so just go ahead. I'm I don't go. even know what I'm watching, to be honest. Well, this is Grey Wolf Resort, and this is uh, drone fo- You would think that right now that this is just a handiwork of a, of a gentleman with a camera in his hand, but then he gets really tall, so no, it's a drone. Um, and uh, just getting the feel of this and the capabilities, but what I will show you, this is where I... Spent my birthday weekend this last weekend at Gray Wolf Resort. You can do the same thing, too. Uh, get out there to Gray Wolf Resort. But this is a cool place, Kyle, if you like to get connected. I'll show you some videos, too. Now, where is this? This is in Victor, Colorado. Okay. Near Cripple Creek. About so, two hours and 15 minutes, I want to say. Yeah. South uh, of Denver? Yeah. Right, really right around there. Um, 10,200 feet in the air. Oh, wow. Look at and this. You're flying, I'd assume. Yep. yep. The he's in the inside in the of drone. it right now. I'm in the drone. <laughs> you couldn't tell it, it, that all the dirt they, he showed. Here, wait, here, yeah. here's a flyover, so we need to just concentrate on this flyover right now. That's <laughs> impressive. <laughs> the viewers have have spiked since you started your drone. I would imagine uh, we got two more. Um, so this a little. Uh, this is a little. Oh. Yeah, well, and where where can people go and see more about Grey Wolf? Is it GreyWolfResorts.com? Yeah, is yeah, that is it yeah. that easy? Well, if you if you just would like to go ahead and see more footage right here, this is incredible. Hey Freeman, just so you know, Pretty good I'm footage, playing right? this is incredible. So video of the place too. J- just so people want to, you know, in case they wanted to see what does all that handy, that little guy, that magic. Now I have a I have a drone, one of the Phantoms. I haven't used that for a while. You haven't. They're fun. They're loud. There, I had a defective one um, before mm. this one. Mm. I had to get it sent back. It want it would just fall out of the sky. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that just, yeah. yeah, I get it. <laughs> Don't you? Every once in a while, one of those comes into effective. Kyle, I lied to the face of, of an Amazon employee. Did you? Just right to her face. It just, and it the just good thing is, is maybe none of the Amazon employees watch this show, um, so they know. 
<laughs> I mean, well, uh, you know, so far me. this is a wor- working drone that they sent me, so I appreciated that. Is this guy going to come yell at you? No, he actually just you know he ignored. He's the a very thing. well world renowned. But writer. here was a near okay. crash, so I was putting this in orbit mode. They have a mode that you put in orbit, so it just basically goes in a circle, and you don't have to do anything. So, so I was this high up, right? So I put it in orbit mode, but it it, it started going right towards the barn. Oh right? no! Like here it goes right towards the barn. So it's behind, and this like look at how close this is. So I, I push up. It's like, let's go so up. So you don't know what to do. So let's go. Oh, yeah. Let's go up right there. So that's the orbit. Wow. Load on there. How, what does one of these things cost? And then that doesn't matter. But <laughs> <laughs> One million dollars. <laughs> one million. It depends just, on what they can talk about. I decided to. Uh, <laughs> were you the one flying over crap. east, you know, before COVID? We were worried about these drones. Flying over eastern Colorado, was that you? <laughs> I mean, maybe. but Or uh, many of the ones that he lost. Right, so yeah. They, they were, were just, his. They were going back to the mothership. Exactly. <laughs> they started here in Cripple Creek and then <laughs> went east. Well, I took that defective one out quite a bit. Um, but look, at I'm chasing cows. I see that. Through the pasture. The cows loved it. and um, The cows loved it. Well, I think they had a little exercise from the, you know, here they go. Got a little running, running with the cows. But uh, just connecting, Grey Wolf Resort. It was fun. It's, it has a good quality, though. The image is, you know. Not bad, right? No. It's a good look to it. So uh, That's the, nice, Greg. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Anyway, that was it. Just thought I'd, thought I'd share. Well, thanks for the invite to your birthday weekend. Actually, uh, Mr. Moyer and myself share the same birthday. You're, how many years older are you than me? Three or four. Anyway, that's I'm like not negative 15 years <laughs> older than you. That's not important. Uh, tomorrow, Dr. William Blanchett. And you're right, Jay, the, the viewership did spike back up. So I appreciate you guys wanting to see that. Well, I think that was the Grey Wolf Resort video I was playing alongside of most of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But no, it's the drone footage. I mean, listen, man, you know, considering um, what we saw on TME Road Trip 2020 with the, uh, the faulty, air quotes, faulty drone that you had, this video you are, are, are proudly displaying today You're is, enjoying is okay. a lot better than, uh, than right. what we saw. See, well, that, that's just a testament to when you get um, a, a functioning drone, you know. <laughs> Those, um, or a little more practice under your belt. Well, yeah. <laughs> a couple of times on the road trip, we threw some buildings in front of it, you know, a couple <laughs> gotcha. of iron chairs on I patios. was waiting for what really happened. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know whether you saw that. I'll just go back just a little bit here. But uh, I don't land it on the ground anymore. You just I pull it. Pl- I pl- pluck it right out of the air. So you That's safe. Go ahead and, and testimony to <laughs> That's that. That's safe. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, go yeah. ahead and see this. Yeah, no problem. Right into Greg's hand. Oh, yeah. wow. And then, then we get a full shot of your belly right, right there. Right there. <laughs> Boom. Get you some. could probably actually lay it on your belly. <laughs> yeah. And take off yeah. from you, the, be- the I, ledge. I put beers on it. I think you could now easily could have a, a landing pad for a drone. <laughs> You're no right doubt about, about that. it. Now that I'm shamed. <laughs> uh, well, you see, this is why I'm only on every six months. <laughs> That's right. You're like I, Lindsey Buckingham from... Uh, <laughs> from <laughs> Fleetwood Mac. Uh, yeah, you're bumped off the show. Uh, the uh, viewership <laughs> plummeted at that point in time. 
So uh, that's time to call it a day. I'll, well, I'll tell you this right now. As before we're di- before yep. we call it a day. Yeah, what do you want to do? I'm going to uh, talk about Aspen Baking and then uh, play some I don't uh, really appreciate fun, that. Show's almost over, but let me tell and, you about and, Aspen and, Bacon. And, and some fun. Well, listen, man, if we were on the timeline, it was supposed to be at the 15 break. What happened? We technically didn't. We didn't even take one. We blew right through it. We were watching the drone, baby. It was all good, What man. 15 break? The 15. It was supposed to be at the 15. Of the last hour? Yeah. Why, why did well, no, you do it? Well, no, of this hour. Of this hour. Why this hour? Why this hour? Yeah. Well, that's because that's what it's slotted. But we didn't go to it because you, this guy was on, and you guys ran super, super late with Rebecca. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't take it. Right. I've been doing this all show long. We'll figure it out. Yeah. So let's do Aspen Baking. I thought you were saying Crips. Now, so. but tomorrow's show, let's bring them right to the front of the show. They deserve that. Well, I, I think, mean, well, yeah, yeah, they deserve, oh, ev- they deserve everything. everything. And, and, and uh, Cody Ann, the lovely Cody Ann, was on the show yesterday. And, and uh, so people got their fill of, of Aspen baking bread, the, the freshest bread in town. And uh, just bought me a loaf at Heine's this weekend. You know it. I've got to do that. Um, and I want to tell you, Greg about Aspen Baking. AspenBaking.com is where you go to find delicious, daily, fresh baked bread ever since 1994s, but you're not going to find any chemicals. You're not going to find any uh, fake colors or dyes. If you want to order direct, you can do that. If you want to order online, you can do that too. If you're somebody that does Amazon and Amazon Fresh, you can get them on Amazon Fresh, but get them now. AspenBaking.com. Focaccias, hoagies, bear claws, sourdough, batards. We just learned about batards. You can get those if you know what they are. Dinner rolls, deli loaves, baguettes, ciabattas, scones, croissants. The list goes on and on. But it's baked fresh daily again since 1994. If you're somebody that plays with hashtags, hashtag how's your Aspen, uh, aspenbaking.com. Now, do you want to <laughs> – I've got some other things I can run too, but if you want to button it up. Uh, let, let's let, button it let's up. Let's button it up. I, and so I'll tell you this right now, and I, I don't want to um – I don't want to – how do I approach this? Um, Colorado will shut down dining rooms. Yeah. I voted yes on your poll. I voted um, yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, it's going to get really, really interesting. And we saw the unrest of business owners before the last reopening. And if we shut down again, I really fear to see uh, what some very honest, hardworking folks will be um, faced with. Let's just say that. So we'll be following that for the remainder of the week. My suspicion is it will come down probably on a Friday afternoon. Put on your masks. You know, like I'm doing it now, but put on your mask. And I'm telling you. are masks effective? We'll find out from Dr. William Blanchett tomorrow on the show. Uh, For Kyle Moyer, for Jay Parker, for Brian Freeman, myself, Greg Hollenbach, we're going to kick the rock down the road, and we'll see you back here tomorrow at 2 p.m. The Modern Eater Show continues. Hey there, barbecue all-star. This is your year. So what if you weren't drafted? The only draft you need to be worried about is actually spelled D-R-A-U-G-H-T, and it's adult for the word beer. It's barbecue season, baby. Now get out there and grill your ass off. There we go. It's their summer dinner series. I'm a farmer. What's up, everybody? This is Kaibab Savage, co-founder of Savage Spectrum Winery, home of Sparklet, Palisade's newest premier sparkling wine producer, coming to you live from our vineyard. You can see this beautiful vineyard behind us. We're so happy to pair up 
with the Modern Eaters for the Summer Dinner Series. Check them out online, summerdinnerseries.com to get your tickets. You can come hang out with us. You can try our latest releases of our Sparklets. It's the perfect aperitif to pair with these amazing creations the chefs are going to bring you. Can't wait to see you guys, hang out with you guys, tell you about our story, get to know you better. Hope to see you there. Man, that was that. Was... I just had to get hyped up. I just had to, get, you know, feeling good. <laughs> Brews is back. Hi, I'm Charlie Gottenkenny, brewmaster at Brews Beers. We have finally reopened, and our badass Belgian-style beers are flowing. Brews Beers has a huge selection of great beers on draft. Belgian IPAs, doubles, triples, white beers, saisons, and many more. Stop by our brewery tap room at 67th and Pecos in North Denver and bring your dog. Or swing by Brews Offax, side of Colfax in York. Both tap rooms are open from 2 to 9 p.m. seven days a week. There are large outdoor patios at both locations, and for your protection, Brews is following all CDC guidelines inside and out. You can still order beers from our website, brewsbeers.com, or come by to take out cans, bottles, and crowlers. And once again, you can enjoy our great beers in our tap rooms. Brews Beers, back open with plenty of Belgian-style badassery. Hey guys, it's Brian Rizzuto with Encore Energy, the guy who saves your businesses money on natural gas. I know these are crazy, crazy times right now. So while your business is working on increasing your sales, let me work on saving you guys money on your natural gas. I make it as easy as possible. Just provide 12 months worth of natural gas bills to me. I'll do the rest. I know you're really busy, so let me get to work for you. You can reach me at 720 Two four five five seven seven one. I look forward to hearing from you guys, and let me try to save you some money in these crazy times. Bye. We started Meridium Spirits because we love the way that spirits and cocktails can bring people together to socialize, to bond, to have conversations. Well, right now we've got some big conversations to have. Coop Vodka and Coop Gin are available at liquor stores across the metro area, but if you can't find us or would like to have us behind your bar or at your restaurant, send us an email, info at meridiumspirits.com. We know things are a little different these days, but think of us the next time you're planning a virtual happy hour or a socially distant picnic. And keep an eye on our social media, Coop by Meridium, for all the latest and greatest. <laughs> hey, Dave Thibodeau here. <laughs> Hey, friends of the Modern Eater, this is Dave Thibodeau from Ska Brewing and Peach Street Distillers. I wanted to let you know that our new brew distillery is up and running again in Boulder. And we've got a uh, great selection of Ska beers, nearly 30 on tap. We've also got all of our Peach Street spirits available, a great mixology program that we brought down from the, from the Western Slope and Palisade. We're open limited hours, Wednesday through Friday from 3 to 10. And then we open up earlier at 10 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday and get some brunch action rolling. We have two great patios. Socially distant seating is available. And you can always check for more information at scostreet.com and hope we become your new favorite neighborhood spot. And I'd like to meet you there in the not-too-distant future for a beer or a drink soon. So take care, be healthy, and stay strong. And I'll talk to you later. Hi guys, it's Cody Ann from Aspen Baking Company. We specialize in fresh, preservative-free, amazing bread. But with all the food news, go right here to The Modern Eater. 